Hello, my name is Sandy Adamitis, the social media director for the Page International Screenwriting Awards, and your host for the Writer's Hangout, a podcast that celebrates the many stages of writing, from inspiration to the first draft, revising, getting a project made, and everything in between. We'll talk to the best and the brightest in the entertainment industry and create a space where you can hang out, learn from the pros, and have fun. Hey, glad you made it. I see you brought the 25 candles for the cake. Great, because we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Steve LaRue. Steve has not only judged for the Page Awards, but he is an internationally recognized leader in film and television development. Steve has spent 20 plus years working both independently and for Paramount Pictures Corp, NBC, Universal, and 20th Century Fox, where he championed such series as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The X-Files, Simpsons, King of the Hill, Battlestar Galactica, and Farscape. We're so lucky because Steve is going to tell us the origin story of the groundbreaking television series, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. First, I want to give a shout out to Fate over at Zencaster. She really helped me out this past week. Let's get started. Welcome, Steve LaRue. Thank you for joining us at the Writer's Hangout. Hey, Sandy. Thanks for having me. Steve, do you remember when we lived in Paris? <laughs> yes, I do. What a great time. It was such a good time. But we're here to talk about the 25th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which you were a huge champion of before um, it even got on TV. You were the director of creative affairs at Fox at the time. Um, I want to take a step back. Uh, actually, uh, let me pause you right there because it, it's important sure. to make a distinction. It's 20th Century Fox Television, not Fox the Network. Ah, uh, yeah, that is a big difference. Yeah, and you studio. probably wouldn't even be on the uh, interview with me if you were the director of uh, Fox, right? Oh, yeah, I would have been fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I step back for just a moment? Um, Buffy mm -hmm. the Vampire Slayer, as we all know, was a movie first. Are you a fan of adapting movies into TV shows? I mean, sure. It's it's such a big trend right now. I mean, if it's, if it's good, absolutely. I mean, MASH was a fantastic adaptation oh, right. from a film to a TV series, you know, as was The Odd Couple, you know, which is classic television. You know, Marvel, Marvel is doing, doing it absolutely right right now with all their Avengers properties on Disney Plus, right. know, WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, you know, they're just great. If you are into uh, Marvel and superheroes, this this is your time, isn't it? It's just <laughs> everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Was Buffy a hit at the time as a movie? I mean, why Buffy? Was it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. No, it was, you know, it was not a hit by, by any means. I mean, the movie, it just did okay. It was very uneven. But, you know, the best part of the movie was Buffy herself, you know, very little else worked about it. I had actually 
been temping at the feature studio like two years before. And I was on Susan Cartsonis's desk when I read that feature script because it was just lying there and I couldn't believe how good it was. And so I remembered it, you know, years later when I was an executive myself. How did you become involved with Buffy? Well, I was, uh, you know, the director of career affairs at the studio. The time, this was this, this was the beginning of the great ascent of 20th Century Fox as a studio. Like the year before, they may have done five pilots, but this sales season was its most successful ever, thanks to Peter Roth, who later was president mm-hmm. of Warner Brothers for like 20 years. Did you know? Uh, you know. Did you know I once got Peter Roth's tickets to a Dodger game? Well, I didn't get them. My boss got them, and no, yeah, it that was, doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> it was it was amazing. I think that um, perhaps uh, the president of the United States was even behind us. It was just uh, wow. the, the seats were amazing. But sorry, <laughs> I, I I put us on a different track. Uh, continue, please. Anyway, we we're talking about you know how Buffy you know, came to the studio. I mean, the WB, which was a brand new network at the time, you know, it wasn't even called a network. It was a weblet. You know, they maybe had 10 hours of programming a week. Really? And, you know, yeah. And Buffy was, you know, going to be one of its, you know, first TV series. You know, just to put that in context, the CW is what became of the WB. You know, that's, that's what it was. Oh, right, right. But yes. anyway... The frog, but uh, yeah, Garth Ansir and Suzanne Daniels at the at the WB uh, read Joss's spec script. You know, he adapted his own feature on spec. Oh, he did it. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it was his passion for. I mean, the movie was so bad to him that he just could not give up on it, which is why he adapted it for t- for TV on spec which was so unusual at the time. You know, yeah, that's no a great one, lesson. Yeah. I mean, it, he believed in his own story that much. But anyway, you know, the WB got the script first, and they had every intention of laying that off to Warner Brothers Television, which is, you know, their sister company. But because 20th Century Fox released the feature, then the studio – had a contractual first right of refusal on a TV series. Oh, yes. So, so they had to, you know, at least show us the script. But they did not, they absolutely did not want 20th to produce it. You know, they mm-hmm. wanted they wanted Warner Brothers to produce it because that would make everything easier for the uh, WB. True. And they didn't know there was a wide-eyed kid back in the day reading the pilot. Yeah, they did not know that. And oh, also, no, no, I, I meant the, the, the screenplay. Exactly. And, you know, and 20th Century Fox television, they didn't want to produce, you know, a, a pilot for the WB. You know, that was such small potatoes to them. You know, it they did not want to do it either. But, you know, I was the first person at the studio to read that script, and I could not believe how good it was. And I did not shut up about it. And so it got the attention of Peter Roth and uh, Gary Newman, who was head of business affairs at the time. You know, I made them read that script and they saw exactly what I loved about it. And so they exercised the right of first refusal to produce the TV pilot. And they had never even met Joss at this point. 
they did it solely off my recommendation. Wow. Yeah. That's got, that's got to make you feel good. I mean, you have a talent yeah. for spotting talent and you know, good writing because you are a writer. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show you that, you know, every successful TV series has a champion of some sort at some time in its life. You know, someone is going to bat for that show at some point. And I was right. that person for Buffy. Right. Um, I could imagine that the casting pro- uh, process was really fun. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I mean, great characters. Um, How fun to cast. Well, at the, at the, I mean, you know, at the time, Randy Stone was our head of casting at the studio, and he was great. And he brought in on Marsha Shulman, who was from New York, and she had done a couple of pilots for us, you know, probably the year before. And we loved Marsha. She was just terrific. And she- Yeah, she's a rock absolute, star. She is a rock star, but Buffy was her first- major gig and she and Joss just hit it off. You know, a Buffy launched Marsha and Marsha would later become head of casting for the Fox network based on her hitting home run after home run on Buffy. So it paid off anyway, it did pay off. I mean, uh, originally Sarah Michelle Gellar read for the role of Cordelia and Charisma Carpenter originally read for the role of Buffy. I had, uh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, there was a lot going on in the casting process. And uh, thanks to Marsha and Randy and Joss and also Gail Berman, who was head of Sand Dollar Productions at the time, Dolly Parton's company. You know, wait, 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 wait. Hold the phone. We have, <laughs> to, we have to thank Dolly Parton for Buffy. Is that what you're We do. Me? We do. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Sand Dollar was the production company of record of Buffy. I, you're blowing my mind right now. I had no idea. Yeah, they they produced the film. I love, well, we all love Dolly, but I had no idea that because of her, we have Buffy the Vampire Stand. Yes, and and by the way, Sand Dollar stands for uh, the dollars, Dolly, and the sand part is for her manager at the time, Sandy Gallen. Uh, yes, he was huge. My goodness, yeah. Sandy Gallen. And, yeah. Gil, and Gil Bowman was president of their company, and- of course, she later became president of the Fox Network and president of Paramount. That it sounds like just so many people were elevated because of Buffy. Absolutely, absolutely. How did production go? Was it shot in L.A.? Where did you guys shoot it? Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was shot in Santa Monica, <laughs> and uh, really, I think uh, Hamilton High School doubled as you know the the school and. Mm-hmm. Um, we shot it on Stewart Street in Santa Monica at at what is kind of Bergamot Station now. Yeah, um, Stewart was, Street is one of my favorite shortcuts. I I detest that yeah. area of town. <laughs> <laughs> that little section to get into Lantana is um, nerve wracking. Yeah, so I mean, uh, it was a it was a bumpy production. It was Joss's first directing gig. You know, he had his hands full, and uh, you know, he probably made. First timer mistakes, but our head of production at the time, Charlie Goldstein, you know, just surrounded him with really solid people below the line, so it looked just fine. And Steve, could you explain what below the line means? Below the line is uh, everything from production managers on down, uh, production design, production managers, 
you know, every, every, everything, you know, camera operators, cinematographers. On the budget, I believe it's the budget that, you know, this is also old school because we used to deal in paper back then. Um, but there right. was the paper. like this hard line and above that was like the producers and writers. And then, then they, for some reason, just drew this really dark line and then everybody else, the titles would come in and, you know, what their salary is going to be. So it started to like, let's talk about below the line. Yeah. So uh, production, um, any oh, right. uh, fun stories, anything? Um, how was the craft services? <laughs> you know, I don't remember that. But I mean, the thing I can tell you <laughs> is that, you know, the WB only ordered a presentation. So it wasn't a full pilot, which made it even less important to the studio at the time. You know, it, was, it wasn't even a full pilot. So, and I mean, what um, does present, can you explain presentation as opposed to a pilot? That means we're not shooting the full script. We're only shooting part of it. Got and it. They're giving, and they're paying much less for that. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, um, this is just popping in my head. Uh, can we go back to casting? What had mm -hmm. Sarah Michelle Geller? do you remember what she had done up to then? Yeah. Was she a fresh she, uh, face? Uh, no, she, um, she had been a daytime TV star on All My Children and oh, okay. had, won, had won a daytime Emmy for that. So, so Buffy was her first, you know, shot at primetime as well. What happened after the presentation pilot? Warner Brothers, the WB, you know, ordered it to series. You know, they ordered 13 episodes based on the presentation, but they wanted it reshot, you know, into a full pilot so they could air the episode. Oh, and, were you able to get yeah. all the actors back reshooting it? Well, they, you know, part of that was they wanted to recast the role of Willow. And that's when Allison Hannigan came in. She was not the original Willow. I'm very sorry for the original actress, but that's yeah, Allison's part. Yeah. Willow is Allison's part. That's Hannigan. Absolutely. Down. Yes. But it wasn't originally. So Interesting. How'd you feel when uh, Buffy got picked up? I mean, this is, you championed this project forever, well, it fe feels yeah. like. But I mean, again, back in context, this was the studio's biggest sales season ever. So everything we were doing was getting picked up. And, you know, Buffy was just, you know, it was my, it was my pet project. It was my baby. I was the, the person who cared about it the most. So I was elated. And the best thing is it, it didn't get picked up for the fall. It got ordered for mid-season. So that kind of took the pressure off of it a little, a little more. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, meaning that you didn't have to um, get six scripts written in two weeks. Do you mean things like that, or you guys? Uh, yeah, I, kinda... I, I, yeah, you know, we were shooting uh, so many pilots and new shows on us on a with a, a staff that was used to doing five shows, <laughs> and all of a sudden we were doing fifteen. So oh, everyone. Wow. It was a, an incredibly small staff, which is why it was so great for me because I literally got to do everything from development to current programming to casting. You know, I was the development executive on Buffy, and when it got ordered to series, because there was no one else around, I was the current executive on Buffy as well for the first three seasons. So, so that was great. I got to actually really watch it grow and protect it, and you know, fight for it. Yeah. Uh, for our audience, 
when at the studio or um, even a network, it's kind of broken down into two factions. You develop a project as an executive, and then you kind mm -hmm. of have to hand it off to the right. current executive, which means yes. it's currently on the air, so they take it over. I've yeah. never, you know, that's the way it's always been in my world. And um, I didn't know that you got to do it all. And um, no wonder why you're so good at what you do, because <laughs> that's a lot of work. I hope people uh, understand. It's It, it takes a lot of a, juggling and handling personalities yeah. and read and edits and cuts. Yes. I mean, um, you know, it was, it was an exciting time, you know, to be at that studio uh, for me and for all those other people. And then also Buffy was, you know, it hit at the right time, right network, you know, right studio, right writer. It just right cast. It was lightning in a bottle. And so do you think that's why it became so successful? How about story-wise? Why do you think it became successful story-wise? Well, you know, it was like Seinfeld in a way, because, you know, it got to air on TV for two seasons and grow into a hit. You know, it was always good, but it took a while for word of mouth to catch on so that, you know, by the end of the second season of Buffy, it was all of a sudden important. You know, I think Sarah hosted Saturday Night Live, you know, that year, you know, and all of a sudden it became culturally hot. Oh, I'm going to go back and find that Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and also the, the scripts were just so smart and Buffy speak, you know, Joss has influenced a generation of writers, you know, who their dialogue is Buffy speak, but there was nothing like it 25 years ago. So it was unique. I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me some Buffy uh, speak. Uh, referencing Scooby-Doo, you know, by calling themselves the Scooby gang, you know, uh, when they were going to, uh, uh, investigate a, a death, a mysterious death. You know, it's the same thing of Avengers Assemble. That was the Scoobies. That's adorable. It was um, adorable. Well, it, I cannot believe it's been 25 years. And Steve, um, I think we kind of talked about it, that you got to do everything, so you learned so much. But mm -hmm. is there something, is there something that happened did you have an experience? Did you have an epiphany? Is there something that happened during Buffy that you hold on to till today? Sure. I mean, um, Buffy proved to me that, you know, your taste is your taste. So if you love something, you have to absolutely uh, stand up for your opinion and fight for it. And if you don't love something, that doesn't mean you have to, uh, you know, tear, tear it down. But you know, you, you just got to fight for what you really believe in. Thanks for that, Steve. And I really like that you added in not tearing down. You know, anybody writes a script, gives it to you, uh, they're handing you their heart. And when you give yeah, notes, yeah. let's be respectful and uh, let's give the best notes we can. Or don't give the notes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, a lot of times I'll say, you know, this is not my cup of tea, you know, and just have someone else read it. 
You know, it's so funny because sometimes you and I are just in a regular conversation and I'll be talking about something and you will say, Sandy, uh, it's not my cup of tea. Let's switch the subject. No, I'm kidding. You have never done that. I'm kidding. (laughs) Steve, thank you so much for answering those questions. Would you like to join us for a pop quiz? Sure. Let's do it. This is called You Develop the Show, But Do You Know the Show? And your topic is Mm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Question number (laughs) one. Going to uh, give you a softball because uh, we like to give you some confidence right off the top. What is the name of Buffy's fictitious hell mouth containing hometown? Sunnydale. Yes. Giles. The statesman of the Scooby gang was Buffy's watcher. What was his day job at the high school? Uh, He was the librarian. Yes, very good. That is two for two for Steve LaRue. Third question. The season four episode entitled Hush, which still gives me nightmares, involved floating, mysterious, Fairy tale creatures who stole what? Voices. And what's interesting about that episode is Joss was way behind on turning that script in. And that's what his um, solution was to doing that script is by having no dialogue. Get out of town. That That's the scoop. I think that's worth the whole podcast. I'm fascinated by that. Okay, question number four. You're doing great. The season three finale, Graduation Day's Big Finish, saw what happen at the commencement? A huge monster eats the principal, I think. (laughs) Yes. The mayor turns into a demon. Right. Oh, yes. The student body (laughs) fights vampires. And the Scooby gang blows up the school. I'm going to give you that one. Um, Question number five. Buffy's first roommate in college is named Kathy. She plays what song nonstop making Buffy believe she's a monster? Oh, I have no idea. Shares believe. (laughs) You notice... You know, it's not one of us broke out into song on that because I can't sing. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Question number six and the last question. Okay. Season six, famous musical number or episode, Once More with Feeling, had cameos of which two writers? Um, Marty Noxon and David... I can't remember his last name. Fury. Yeah, David Fury. I am and, and by the way, uh, that musical episode was totally influenced by the musical episode of Xena, Warrior Princess. Wow. That is really cool. Yeah. I can't believe what you the remember the name of the writers. Um, Marty is a huge showrunner now. And um, she started yes, out as the staff is. writer. But what that musical episode has in common with Xena and why and what Josh did that Xena did is it moved the story forward. It wasn't just a 
a musical episode for fun. It absolutely moved the story mm-hmm. forward. Well, that's cool. I did not know that. Uh, these questions, by the way, were prepared by Lisa Ripley Becker. She was the production coordinator for the majority of the series. Awesome. Thanks, yeah, Lisa. Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Great questions. And Steve? Yes. You aced that quiz. You did excellent. Um, before we wrap up, uh, Steve, would you like to share your socials? Let people um, know sure. where they can find you. Uh, sure. On uh, Twitter, I'm at Steve LaRue2. Uh, same on Instagram, I think. And uh, you can always uh, check out my website, which is surfinghollywood.com. Steve, thank you so much for taking our pop quiz and answering those questions. Really appreciate you hanging out with us at the Writer's Hangout. My pleasure. Uh, Thank you for celebrating Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I can't believe it's been 25 years. That's a wrap for the Writer's Hangout. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, and thrive. Till we get to hang out again, keep writing. The world needs your stories. The Writer's Hangout is sponsored by the Page International Screenwriting Awards. Executive producer, Kristen O'Verne. Producers, Terry Sampson and Sandy Adamitis. Music by Ethan Stoller.